I got a call from a teenager who's in a rehab. And for some reason, he connected to me and um, he called me. He had to set up the call because he couldn't call me directly. It had to be on speaker. So the rehab said, this kid would like to speak to you. I gave him a time, six o'clock. If you met him, you'd see a kid who's struggling and, and has a lot of deficiencies and you would see he's not religious and you would, you would have a lot of things that you think about this child. And he called me at 6 o'clock, Erev Shabbos. And um, we schmoozed for a couple of minutes. He, he, they only give you a certain amount of time. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I want to get my life in order. Okay, very good. He says, Avi, could you bless me? So I said, sure, I can bless you. I, Hashem should help you. And I gave him my typical blessing from the heart that I gave to so many kids that I learned what they want to hear and what I want to bless them. I bless you that you should be happy, that you should be successful. You should have a life that you're proud of, that you should look in the mirror and like what you see. Things like that. He says, Amen. Can you bless me with the Hebrew words that my father would say to me Friday night? Um, I said, okay. Amen. Avi, can you sing with me? I want to sing Shalom Aleichem. And this is going to be my Shabbos. He's not going to keep Shabbos. And he's in a terrible place. And he's not religious. Could you sing with me? I said, Okay. So here he is, far away in a different city, among Gayim, eating shreif, not religious. And I say, I said, what do you want to sing? He said, I want to sing Shalom Aleichem. I said, go right ahead. So we started singing. Shalom Aleichem, Malachay Asharis, Malachay Hashem, these are your Rishayim. These are your Oisvars. These are your failures holy neshamas that are trying to put their lives together or trying to not be suicidal, trying not to cut themselves, trying to not need to numb their pain. And these are the Rishayim of Klal Yisrael. When it says in Chazal, when the Torah tells us, the Amech Kulam Tzadikim, it's real. It's real. The Amech Kulam Tzadikim. This is the holiest neshama I ever met. I don't know if I would be in his situation, would I be thinking, can you bench me? I want to hear the Hebrew words. I want to have Shabbos. My Shabbos is going to be, Shalom Aleichem, Could we understand in heaven what that means? Could be that that's more chashev to Hashem than all the Torah and mitzvahs we did a whole year. We look at all of our kids that we're so proud of, and we should be. But who says that any of them would be able to give that Karbon, that sacrifice to God that these struggling neshamas in crisis give. Hashem must be so proud of them. Hashem must say to the Pamali Shalmala, to the angels, look what I can do. I can destroy a kid. He's destroyed. He was molested as a child. He went through terrible trauma. His life is in shambles. I can destroy this neshama. And from Shal Tachtis, Vatsiya Shaol Hineka, from the bottom of the world, he's calling some guy. Can you bless me? 
and he got all the good blessings of happiness and peace and self-esteem and no no can you i want to hear the hebrew words that my father would put his hands on my head can you do that for me and then i want to have shabbos i can't have shabbos so this is going to be my shabbos the song so I told him, I said, you know, we say Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharis, every Jew who comes home from Shul has two angels that baglite him. How do you say that in English? Escort him. Baglite is not English. Baglite and baglite and escort. Everybody has two angels that escort them. You should know that you always have two angels with you. You don't have to come home from shul. You in the psych ward, in the trauma center, in the rehab, after everything that you went through in your life, all the rejection, all the pain, the torment, these kids are hurting more than any human being since the Holocaust. They're in so much pain. And you want God and you're looking for God. God is with you. Hashem is with you. You have angels. You have angels that are with you all the time. Bechlau, we know that by a chaylot, there are angels over there. But with these kids, they're surrounded by our angels. And that's what we pray. We pray, There are angels around you. You're a holy soul. you got to believe in yourself, and you got to have refuah shalema. And I know, and I can tell you for sure, I would bet any amount of money, it's not even a question, that if he has a refuah shalema, he will make it back. He's not off the derech. He's not OTD. He's a regular from person in, in Maimonides or NYU hospital after a heart attack. Oh, he's not keeping Shabbos. He's off the derech. He didn't put on tefillin. No, he's sick. There's chayla nefesh. It's real. Kids who want to die is real. Kids who don't have the ability to function is real. Yes, you need a diagnosis when and where and all of that, but it's a real problem. <laughs> It's real. His pain is real. Believe me, I am not worried about his Eilam Haba. I'm much more worried about my Eilam Haba and our Eilam Haba because he's a Chayla. He's, according to Herb Gershon, he's a Anusim, he's a Aynis. And whether you, I don't know, I'm not in the Bezer Shamal, it's not my business. But he's, he's so, so much pain. Pain, pain purifies people. Just pain. Pain gives you Mechila. And he's a sweet soul and he's gonna be fine and he wants Hashem. He wants Shabbos, and Hashem should send him and all of these kids, Rufu Shalema, that they should have not just Shalom Aleichem, but they should go all the way to Hamavdul Ben Kaidish Lechal. They should have a full Shabbos. They should be able to enjoy it, not being in a psych ward in a, in a hospital somewhere, eating who knows what food, and no, being all alone like Yosef in Mitzrayim. Some people say, oh, yeah, the kids in therapy, the kids in a rehab, the kids in Utah, the kids in boot camp, the kids, they're in hell. And the recovery is hell. And the process is painful as hell. And an ashama to be all alone, imagine you wake up and you were told you have something and you have to go for surgery, not to Columbia Hospital, not to a nice Chash Maimonides, but you have to go to some hospital and be surrounded by all these psych patients. For some reason, you have to go there. You know what it's like to be surrounded by psych patients and what the food tastes like and then you can't have a phone. He, he's, he doesn't have freedom. And he's doing it to heal himself. He chose it, the hero, the mighty gibar that he is. But still we have to cry for somebody that's, he has no freedom. 
is surrounded by pain and by sorrow and by misery, trying to pull those knives out of him that were stuck in by other people. Biggest Rahmanas in the world, we have to cry. And we have to go to him. I would ask him for a bracha. He asked me for a bracha, I should ask him for a bracha. Like the Stachina Rebbe said. Same way that after the Holocaust, the Divriyayal said, you see a Jew with a tattoo, should ask him for a bracha, even if he's not Shem Shabbos. Ask him for a bracha after what he went through. These kids with the tattoos, you know what they've gone through? He said they're a carbon seabor and they're suffering for us. You know what they've gone through? You know how they've done things, each one of them. Each one of them, on the way down, and even after they're down, and on the way up. They've done things for God that none of us will ever do. They've sacrificed for Hashem in ways that none of us ever will. Of course, it doesn't look very good on the resume. It doesn't look good in the family picture. But in Hashem's picture, these are neshamas that are sent out to suffer, but to do something for Hashem that none of our regular kids are doing. I just told this Nebuch, this person who reached out to me now and texted me pain and pain and pain. Oh, Hashem. Oh, Hashem. So much pain. And I just, I said to him, just remember one thing. When the one thing that you do is worth more to Hashem than all your brothers and sisters, all their Torah and mitzvahs of the whole year. The fact that he had an opportunity to do something really bad, he told me he held himself back. Hashem is judging by effort. Yosef in Mitzrayim. This kid is separated. His parents threw him out. One of his parents is dead. The other one threw him out. He's rejected. He's alone, away from the world. And he could have done an Avera, and he didn't. I mean, who has that strength? And he did it for Hashem. So you have to understand, it's not about the times that you failed. But though every time that you did something good, or didn't do something bad, because for God, after everything that you went through in your life, that you know that Hashem put you through, all the pain and misery and loneliness that He's gone through, that these kids go through, and they still do something. In God's eyes, they're much holier than all of us put together. And I could, it's painful, but I could, I could see it, and I don't want it. I don't, I don't agree to it. I'm not Moscow. We're not Moscow. Enough pain. We don't want it. But we can understand. Hashem says, okay, I get a lot of nachas ruach from the koil yulite and from the wonderful from people, and, and, but I want something else. I want to, I want to, I want to see from down there, from that level. I want, I want to see even from there. And yes, Hashem, you could be very proud of our kips. You could be very proud of those kids that would be very happy whether they admit it or not, to switch places with their brothers and sisters. But now they're on the bottom of the world because they were thrown down there. And they're all doing stuff that is so impressive. As soon as you stop fighting them, you'll start seeing it. As soon as you start really hearing their story and you hear what they suffered, the chelak al-kami mamish that's inside of them that gets revealed by these kids is a revelation that none of us could ever do. They're doing stuff, even the ones that, quote-unquote, failing, even in the failure, they do stuff that we can never do. And the nachas ruach to Hashem is just, is unbelievable. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm saying, no, no, no more pain. But I, I, I could understand, so to speak, why Hashem is doing this for some reason. Because He is getting a carbon, a sacrifice from them that we regular folks can never give. That our regular kids can never give. Of course, I'm not knocking regular from people, you know that. 
and everyone has nisyonis, and every nisyon is amazing. But the one who's thrown into the ground, away from Klal Yisrael, all alone, in the midbar, in the bar, and still does something, fasts. You know how many of our kips fasted Tisha above this year? They're not Shemesh Shabbos. They're dis- they had no reason to do it. They only do it. Your daughter said, I want to do something for Hashem. After everything she went through, regular kids don't have that. I'm going to do something special for Hashem. We put on tefillin because we put on tefillin. We're happy. We do the right thing. It's hard sometimes. I'm not knocking it. But when you have no reason to do it, there's no social, there's no pressure, there's no religious... Pl- you ripped apart from everything. And you say, you know what? I want to start keeping Shabbos. Your daughter, Tzadikis. People would have written her off two years ago. Tzadikis, I want to start keeping Shabbos. She is embracing Shabbos. None of us really, or our kids, have that option because we just keep Shabbos. You know, we think, yeah, I think I would do it, but you know, I, I don't know. She's choosing. She's the Makim Shabal Tshuva Aymen in Tzadik Yacholamid. And these kids are our strongest kids. Why do I advocate for them so much? Because they look so weak to the world. No, they're the strongest kids who got hit by a truck, so now they can't move, their arms are broken, their legs are broken, and everybody says, oh, look at them in the wheelchair, so lazy, bad midos. They got it all wrong. Because as soon as you nurture them, as soon as they can, they are going to show you how strong they are. When you go to the gym, you'll see a hundred people lifting weights, a hundred pounds, two hundred pounds, three hundred pounds. In comes someone whose arms were broken and lifts one pound. And everybody knows that that person put in more effort and is stronger than the healthy people who lift four hundred pounds. Because strength is not about the number of pounds. Strength is about doing something more than anybody else can. Our kips... Our kids in pain, and so many thousands of them that watch these clips, they know that the world looks down at them, so they look down at themselves. But they know deep inside, they're doing stuff. Like this kid, we know what he did? He puts himself out, he kills himself for one day a week. He murders himself for a day. Friday before Bad Lakasneris, before Shabbos, he drinks and takes terrible stuff that puts him out to sleep till after Shabbos. And the mother called me crying, and she said to me, my father, when he came to America, used to get fired every Shabbos because he refused to work. He was Meister Nefesh for Shabbos, and my kid, he can't even be up for Shabbos? Look at him. I said, you got it all wrong. Your father was Meister Nefesh for Shabbos. And your kid is mamish being meiser nefesh for Shabbos. He knows if he's up that he's going to break Shabbos. So he's willing, mesir as nefesh, he's murdering himself for one day every single week. So he shouldn't turn on his phone. He shouldn't watch his movies that he's going to watch. He knows that he's in a terrible place and he's going to break Shabbos. And in order to protect himself from breaking Shabbos, he is murdering himself for a day a week. Is there a greater mesir as nefesh than that? She said, I never thought of it that way. He is preventing himself from being Mechal Shabbos by taking it out, taking himself out. Well, great, that's Mesir Nefesh. We think like you, Mesir Nefesh is you die forever. He's dying every week for a day because he doesn't want to break the Holy Shabbos. 
And even the kids that break the Shabbos, there are so many things that they, they could do more and they, they don't. And they're trying and they're doing, they're giving karbonus sacrifices to Hashem that we can never do. If we had the Seichel Hayashar, we would go to them for brachas. We would go to them and carry them on our shoulders. We would understand that their suffering is from our sins. They're suffering because the Beis HaMikdash is not here. It's not here because of us. And they are suffering. We would put them on our shoulders, and we would carry them, and we would beg them that in the next world, don't forget us. Remember, I'm doing you a favor. Keep me in mind. Because eventually they're going to prove us right. They're going to fight stronger and be marba kvayt shemayim and bring out kvayt shemayim more than any of us ever can and every and any of us will. And that includes those who say, no, nothing ever happened wrong to me. I just don't feel religion is for me. I'm an atheist. I don't believe. They're never going to extinguish the flame. I've seen it. I've seen it hundreds of times. They're never going to extinguish the flame. And the fact that they're talking like that is because of the pain that they're in. The biggest pain is when they don't know that they're in pain. The worst pain is when they don't know that they're in pain. I want to tell you a true story. I want to share with you a true story. All my stories are true. So this kid came to Home Sweet Home. He did not know uh, that Home Sweet Home was a program, was a house to live in. Someone, which I didn't agree with this, but I didn't know either, told him that I give I get jobs for guys. So they dropped him off and they said, we'll pick you up in 20 minutes. So this kid comes in, head to toe in jeans, jeans shirt, jeans jacket, jeans pants, jeans socks, jeans, probably jeans underwear. Just head to toe, that was his look, with the long hair, smelled like a, one big cigarette, one big ashtray, and he sat down in front of me with a terrible attitude. And after, And they said, we'll pick you up in 20 minutes. And within approximately five minutes... He figured out that I don't give jobs to people, and I figured out that he doesn't know that this is a home for kids like him to come and live. So after about five minutes, it got really awkward when he felt like I'm not interested in the place, and I felt like I don't know, I don't have jobs for you. Very awkward situation. So stalemate, and I don't know why I said this, but I said, you know, they said they're going to pick you up in... uh, in 10 more minutes. So let's just schmooze. So we started to schmooze. And he basically told me, you think I need your help? You, you're crazy. You have all this pressure and religion and family and you have to make money. And Because I, I have the best life. I Listen to this quote. I eat whatever I want to eat, whenever I want to eat, wherever I want to eat, however I want to eat. I sleep whenever I want to sleep, wherever I want to sleep, however I want to sleep. I have everything. I have the best life. I'm not interested in your program. I'm not interested in yeshiva. I'm not interested in public school. I'm not interested in a job. I have it made. My life is super. You're the one who has problems. And right away popped into my mind the mushal of the Nesiva Shalom. He says that if somebody falls into a deep, deep bar... As long as you hear the guy screaming, get me out of here, it's a sign that he knows what's flying. But if it's quiet, then you know that the fall was a really bad fall. And I want to add on to the Nesiva Shalom's mashal and say, there's even a worse fall. That's when you say, hey, don't worry, we're going to come and get you. 
And they say, me? We're fine. You come down here, you're the crazy one. That's a worse nefila than the one who's out cold, because he's totally messed up. And I, was, I thought of that just when I heard this kid telling me, basically, that I'm the messed up one, because he's got a great life. Okay? We had a few more minutes. I said, you know, tell me about your family. So he starts telling me, I have a sister, I have a brother, this and that. Then he says, you know, I have a 14-year-old brother. I'm really worried about him. I said, why? Because he's a lot like me. (laughs) So that's called checkmate, right? I I looked at him and I said, why are you worried? He's going to be happy just like you. He's going to be able to eat anywhere he wants and sleep anywhere he wants. He's going to have your freedom. And you have the best life, so why are you worried about him? So even those who say, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm good, they don't want their brothers to be like them. They don't want their sisters to be like them. And they know this is not the real world and it's not a real future. You can go under the tracks and the train tracks and you'll see the guy over there who's living there, Nabuch, Nabuch, broken, homeless man. And you give him a dollar, he's the happiest guy in the world. And you tell him, how about I give you a house and a job? And he'll say, no, I don't want that. Oh, I love it down here. I can go to the bathroom wherever I want. You see, that's my toilet. And that's my living room. No. So what do you say to that? Is that real? You say, Nabuch, he's so broken that he doesn't even remember, doesn't even believe he can have a regular life. That's so sick, so broken. So sick, so broken. So many of our kids are so sick and so broken that they think that, that living that, that homeless life or without family or without Hashem, that that's fine and, and totally fine. But we know that that comes from something that happened along the way. Something that, that they're missing and it gnaws away at them. And I've seen these kids 10 years later and 20 years later. And kids told me I'm an atheist and I don't care and I don't want and I, it's not because of anything bad. It's not because of anything bad. Nothing bad ever happened to me. I was never molested. It's not true. It's my Bechira. It's my choice. And I don't believe and I don't believe. And I'll, I'll say, fine, fine. So you're the exception of the rule. Fine. But I know what the rule is. Because we had over here so many kids who I would tell them, how many in your chevra, in your group that you hang out with on the street? They'll say 20. How many of them do you know were molested as children? 15, 16, 17. And you ask each one and they'll say it. They know what happened to all their friends. Not them, of course. And it doesn't affect you. Of course, just because you're molested as a child doesn't affect you. doesn't make you become an atheist. doesn't make you... They can't, they can't put it together, how that pulls the plug out and how it, what it changes inside of you. And it's very hard for them to admit because they're brilliant and their brain is telling them, I don't believe for all the reasons X, Y, Z, 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 is 10. Yes, but with all your brilliance, you would have been a believer if not for this thing that happened to you. And they can't even understand what effect that has because they, they don't understand. And kids told me, hey... You think the fact that I was molested at eight years old had anything to do with the reason why I developed ADD and ADHD and then kept getting um, uh, thrown out of class? Uh, one kid told me, Chesidisha boy, he started putting it together. Hey, my problems started. And sometimes they don't start right away. Sometimes they start years later. So it's almost impossible for them to put it together. We have to be a lot smarter. We have to invest heavily, heavily in those who are suffering and and we, we don't do it as an agenda because I want you to be from. We're doing it as an agenda because I want you to be happy. 
It happens to be Yismach Leiv Mavakshe Hashem. It happens to be that we believe that the real happiness is being from. But when we see people in pain, when, when someone, Hatzalah comes to someone who got hit by a car, they don't ask him, did you put on tefillin today? That's why Chabad doesn't have Hatzalah. It wouldn't work. Instead of the blood pressure machine, they're going to be putting tefillin on the guy. It doesn't work. There's a time and a place for everything. Atzalah is not a Kirov organization. That's not our, we're not doing Kirov. We're saving souls. We're understanding broken people. We're feeling bad for our kids and Klal Yisrael's kids who are hurting and suffering. It happens to me that the kids who feel understood can then afterwards figure out their lives and at least we give them the option to, if they want to, re-embrace Torah because we're not using it as a baseball bat to hit them in the face. So my message to this tzaddik of a boy in the rehab is that I made a big mistake because he asked me that I should bless him. I should have asked him to bless me. Next call I get, I'm going to ask him to bless me.